said it was 10 o'clock and I said cool that's a good time to get up but it was actually 9 o'clock <laughs> or 11 o'clock yep I was going about my business doing whatever it was coming up on 11 30 according to to my phone and I was like huh I wonder why Sean hasn't texted or come <laughs> over yet and then I was looking around at the other clocks and I was like hmm these all say it's 10 30 <laughs> and I just sit there for a little bit and think about it because Arizona doesn't Dude, um, do recognize it. daily savings time for some reason, my phone didn't care and jumped ahead overnight, and the farmers got me again. <laughs> Damn you, farmers. The farmers and their very cruel and pointless revenge. Yeah, it's, well, so I just restarted my phone and fixed it, but that's the first time my phone's ever done that. Usually, it seems to understand, you know? My uh, my phone didn't do it, but my wife's phone did it. Uh, hmm. Just another reason you can't trust technology. Uh, thanks for joining it's us technology. on this podcast brought to you by technology. This <laughs> <laughs> is VHS Cold. I'm Kyle. I'm greening into a pit of hopeless despair. That's a long name. That's like the, uh, the Puritans kind of name. <laughs> you know what happened this week? Uh, my son stayed home sick and he watched the new King Kong movie and the two new Godzilla movies. And then we watched Shin Godzilla, which he all loved. And then I'm like, hey, you want to watch uh, the 1998 Godzilla movie? And about 15 minutes into it, he goes, I don't want to watch this anymore. Godzilla looks like a T-Rex. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Shin Godzilla is really good. Um, um, the other ones, the American ones are okay. I like the first one. The King of the Monsters, like all the monsters, I think I talked about this before, but all the monsters one part, bits are fine, but the... Um, they, there's especially hokey all the human interactions. And yeah, that's. I mean, I understand that. That's a lot of people are like, oh, Godzilla's all about the monster fights, and it is to a certain extent. But there was like a lot of like human drama that was in right. most of the Toho Godzilla movies. So that's a, part of the, the the formula. It's just like the American ones. All that shit's so bad. It's like the Transformers movie too, except for then the action scenes were terrible too. <laughs> it's like we don't need like the most boring, terrible human drama surrounded by monster fights. Shin Godzilla was like fun and corny human shit, and then Godzilla's destroying the city. You know, <laughs> fucking get it right, America. They won't ever do it. It's all Japan. It's up to you to just make Godzilla movies. <laughs> Uh, speaking of, of shitty Transformers movies, he did also watch Bumblebee, which is a surprisingly good movie. Yeah, Bumblebee's not that bad. It's like a Spielberg movie, and Transformers are in it. It's not going to win any awards or anything, but it's better than any of the Michael Bay Transformer movies, for sure. But what I, what I want to talk about, I guess we'll talk about VFW, which is a horror movie I watched this week. I guess it's technically horror. It's more of a homage to John Carpenter, and then with extreme gore. Uh, the whole concept of it is a VFW hall is being attacked by, like, drugged-up um, crazy people because the girl ran in there with the drugs. Simple setup. They got to protect each other in the VFW hall. It's a bunch of old guys, a bunch of old character actors. Uh, got Stephen Lang, who's famous for being an avatar and Don't Breathe, but mostly should be remembered for playing Ike Clanton in Tombstone. <laughs> And then uh, we got William Sadler, who's a character actor, but more specifically, he plays the Grim Reaper in Bill and Ted's Bogus Trick. <laughs> and then, of course, Fred hey, Williamson. Me. <laughs> Fred Williamson, who everyone fucking knows, is Fred Williamson. He's a exploitation icon, badass. He's in about 100 cool movies. Check him out. He's specifically in a series um, that makes a light use of the N-word called Boss N-Word. You should check it out. Uh, became a meme for a little bit to people sharing the trailer because they're like, oh, ha, 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 oh, oh, black people using the N-word. Oh, the world <laughs> times are so different. But it's actually the really cool series of black exploitation movies. And then um, <laughs> Martin Cove's in it. He's the villain from Karate Kid. <laughs> 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 and George Went from Cheers for a little bit. <laughs> 
Uh, it's directed by Joe Bigos, Bagos, who also directed a movie called Bliss, which technically VFW and Bliss both came out in 2019, so he's living the dream. Bliss is like a sexy vampire drug movie, um, which it's pretty good too. I like VFW more just because it is like, hey, well, this is a John Carpenter movie. So basically assaults on Precinct uh, 13, but it's way more, just much more gore. It's a lot of fun. Everyone should check it out. That's, that's, that's the stamp of approval from the VHS cult. And Kong Skull Island, I think, is a pretty good movie. I don't remember. <laughs> I watched it this week. Yeah. It was pretty good. Yeah, it was all right. Yeah. I don't, never John remember. C. Riley was the best part of that. I've never really been a fan of King Kong at all. Yeah. At one point, I did see Peter Jackson's King Kong, that long-ass one, in theaters like two or three times just because of Lord of the Rings. Now, just like how like going on dates worked out at the time. Saw King Kong a lot. <laughs> oh, man. That seems like a really... Like, why King Kong? I like, it had to have been a better movie to go know. take someone it's to. It's just how it worked out. Because I saw King Kong once, and I felt well, like that was be enough. like, hey, you want to go to the movies? And I'd be like, sure. But really, I just want to hang out with you. And then we'd go, and be like, we're going to see King Kong. And I was like, yeah. So I saw it in theaters, I think, at least three times. you you got to be up there with the uh, number one King Kong fan. I, th- I gave a lot of money to Peter Jackson. <laughs> I don't mind it. That's what you get for making Lord of the Rings, buddy. But the real horrible news is Friday evening while at a taping for TNA's whatever show they put on now. I don't think <laughs> TNA still Impact? I don't think it's the TNA. It might be Impact stuff or Impact Wrestling or I don't know who watches it. It's like Hillbilly stuff. I they, honestly didn't know they were still doing it. Yeah, I didn't. <laughs> I wasn't aware that they were still doing TNA. I was aware that Big Papa Pump is back in wrestling because he was on. Oh, did Shoney's close stuff. down? No, even worse. He was there at TNA doing something for the promotion backstage. He collapsed. His heart attacked him. (laughs) Isn't this like the third time his heart attacked him? I don't know, actually. I also don't know for sure if it was like a heart attack, but it was a problem with his heart. He was rushed to the hospital and um, he was in intensive care overnight. But apparently he's got to have some heart procedure done and he's going to be perfectly fine. You know why? Shonies. You can't stop the genetic freak. <laughs> Big Papa Pump. Big Papa Pump is a genetic freak. Where my freaks at? All right, what you need to do is get all these girls around you, and you pick up a big log, and you lift it. Then when they lift it five times, and you lift it five more times. You lift it until you can't lift it anymore. I'm a genetic freak. How's this Shonies doing, though? That's what I, my original question. I don't know. He didn't mention it. He just said, I'm not dead. Nothing can stop the genetic freak. You lose again, Grim Reaper. <laughs> he said, Grim Reaper, you're fat. You can't even see your veins because you're so fat. Just like Samoa Joe, you're fat. (laughs) (laughs) I actually appreciate Scott Steiner's um, steroid body a little bit because I feel like that's what I would look like if I did steroids and that like everything is huge except for he still doesn't have like really big pecs. (laughs) Like that's my genetic problem too. (laughs) Everything just looks swollen. Yeah. I'm, I'm not such a genetic freak. I don't have very big pecs. He's also, you know, super strong, and he used to be good at wrestling, but now he's just steroid. That's the thing too. Is like the more muscle he put on, the worse he got at wrestling. Yeah, well, it's like probably like the cross section of getting old and just putting on muscle instead of like staying fit. You know, and he's a genetic freak. He's always coming out with his chainmail hat on. <laughs> and then <laughs> cut to a clip of him doing that promo where he does crazy math. <laughs> <laughs> See, normally if you go one-on-one with another wrestler, you got a 50-50 chance of winning. But I'm a genetic freak, and I'm not normal. So you got a 25% at best at beating me. And then you add Kurt Angle to the mix, your chances of winning drastically go down. See, the three-way at sacrifice, you got a 33 and a third chance of winning. But I, I got a 66 and two-thirds chance of winning because Kurt Angle knows he can't beat me, and he's not even going to try. So, Samoa Joe, you take your 33 and a third chance, minus my 25% chance, and you got an eight and a third chance of winning at sacrifice. But then you take my 75% chance of winning, if we used to go one-on-one, and then add 66 and two-thirds percents, I got 141 and two-thirds chance of winning at sacrifice. See, Joe, the numbers don't lie, and they spell disaster for you at sacrifice. I remember when he fell off the ropes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or the, the time he was wrestling and he didn't want to take the bump, so he basically just sat down really slowly <laughs> from the top rope. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> wrestling. He's a genetic freak. 
Um, before the podcast, we got in a big fight about politics, but I still got to make this joke because it's funny to me. You ready? <laughs> no. Go ahead. <laughs> All right. So uh, worse than Big Papa Pump almost dying is Liz Warren dropped out of the primaries this week so she can endorse Saturday Night Live. <laughs> <laughs> oh, great. You're gonna mad, you're mad at Ocasio-Cortez too? <laughs> no, nah, I just don't like Saturday Night Live. That's my big problem with it. She could have gone a better show. <laughs> Yeah, man, I don't... What? <laughs> on Saturday? I don't think so. She could have gone on, um... Better, but not getting as many, uh... But one thing that does matter is the ancient art of ninjutsu. <laughs> you know, my favorite ninja is, uh, everybody's least favorite dad from the block. What's that in reference to? The fucking dude in this... Uh, oh, Django. Says- <laughs> it looks like uh, the fucking neighborhood dad. <laughs> yeah, he does look real dad-like. <laughs> That's, uh, I guess I'll get um my... Uh, big my society- big dad yeah, My societal um sort of uh, analysis while watching this movie out of the way because it plays into that. Because, um, yeah, Franco Nero and uh, his cohort, uh, they basically just look like kind of average white dads, right? This is kind of this is like the worst white savior movie because it's like a uh, <laughs> it's like some Jimmy Buffett fans idea. It's like you know what man, I've been drinking margaritas all day. You know what I think? What if we wrote a movie about a, a dude with a mustache who knows ninjutsu and he saves uh, <laughs> a Philippine plantation? Huh? Yeah, this is all <laughs> working into the my my theory on this. You know, there's people. Well, there's people that complain on the internet that, like, white male erasure and, you know, you can't be white male and blah, blah. This is what they're mad about is we don't make movies like this anymore. <laughs> right? It seems like any, like, schlub off the street can just come in and, like, take care of business. Because <laughs> you don't see this shit exactly anymore, right? Yeah, Where you know what I mean? Like, like, Captain America is, is cut. <laughs> yeah, like, you gotta get in shape and take steroids to be, like, a hero now. You, we Back in the 80s... Especially Not falling only that, up but after, you know what? He's going to have brown friends now, too. Yeah. <laughs> Especially falling up after Chuck Norris. And yeah, Chuck Norris is a karate champ, whatever. But the 80s was the heyday of just like that most average white dude you can think of coming into town, laying down the law. And it's like, fuck, I don't believe it at all. And this is what this is what they're upset that we're missing <laughs> now, I think. This is why uh, the Harley Quinn movie did so bad. It's because they'd rather watch shit like this. Also, I'm pretty sure I said Philippines. I'm sorry, I meant Manila. Yeah, these are the movies that they're upset that aren't being made anymore, I think. is I just love... Because they, they ascribe to that belief that because they're just an average white man that makes them somehow important, right? And these movies reinforce the idea that the average white man can just come in and he'll be better at ninjutsu than <laughs> all these Japanese <laughs> guys. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I come from a long line of samurai. Oh, yeah, well, I'm white. Look at this mustache. <laughs> I have a mustache comb. The first martial art to sweep the modern world was Jiu-Jitsu, closely followed by the discipline of Karate. Then we were taught to combine the spiritual with the physical by the masters of Kung Fu. And now, the Cannon Group is proud to introduce the practitioner of the oldest and ultimate martial art, the Ninja. Enter the Ninja. This gold is your license. The Master of Ninjutsu. Starring Franco Nero. Exploding into action as Cole, the White Ninja. Give him a message for me. Yeah? I don't like to be followed. And introducing Sho Kosugi. Kampai! Kampai! Kampai. Hasegawa, the Black Ninja, born of samurai blood, is unable to accept anything but the ancient ways. You did not drink Hasegawa. He is no ninja. It's a lion code. They want to take it away from us. Bitter and merciless, this rogue ninja will stop at nothing to destroy any and all who cross his path. Ninja. Hired assassins, trained killers, masters of the most deadly art known to man. If you take on a ninja, no matter how many you are, be prepared for the consequences. Enter the ninja. From Canon. So that's basically what we're getting into here with 1981's Enter the Ninja. Cool. I'm gonna go save my uh, my friend's plantation and cheat on him with his wife, cause you know, his pecker don't work good no more. Yeah, <laughs> I it's, swear to God, I fucking hate this movie. 
on paper, it's a movie that seems fun, like Lone Wolf McQuaid, but it ugh, just like the the ideal the ideology behind it really bothers me. That's probably has to do with the the canon group. A lot of their movies are. Um, yeah, I don't know. You, you get too. to see them tip their hand to like what their value systems are. And it's basically like, hey, you know, we're out here having a good time, you know, shooting Palestinians and, you know, fucking broads and making that money. And you know what I mean? Like they're um, they have definitely had a panache for turning a buck on like shitty movies. So there was like some they had some talent, but they're uh, I don't know. They're not the coolest dudes. <laughs> Let's get into it a little Man, bit. They can spin a yarn. Yeah, so this sort one, of. not only is this a canon film produced by Monoton Golem and oh, his, it's directed. his cousin Yoram Globus, it's directed by Monoton Golem, who he actually directed about 30 or so movies. This man was actually born Monoton Globus, May 31st, 1921, in Tiberias, Palestine. Now Israel, of course. What do you think his birth certificate says? Do you think it still says Palestine? Mm, I don't know Uh, in his early years he was a pilot for the fledging Israeli Air Force changing his surname to Golan for patriotic reasons in 1948 okay so I mean what a loser (laughs) patriotism uh. he has been called the greatest film salesman in the history of the business he has also been called the father of Israeli cinema he didn't produce very many Israeli films though you know what I mean? Like they're yeah, but he got that ball rolling. You know I, guess. I, I don't know. I don't. Yeah, I think that's like a tenuous connection because he is Israeli, but he came over to the United States and was making American garbage. I don't think he helped jumpstart any cultural movement in Israel. <laughs> <laughs> You're saying that Israel doesn't worship Enter the Ninja? I don't think so. <laughs> I don't know. Probably most of them haven't seen it. <laughs> well, we got to correct that. <laughs> Israelis get out in the streets, demand Enter the Ninja. Don't don't worry about Palestinian rights. Get out there and demand them to the ninja. I, they haven't been worried about Palestinian rights, Kyle. <laughs> yeah, you're, you're right. It's yeah, that's not a big concern for him. Uh, him and his cousin bought the Cannon Group production company in '79 and ran it through the 1980s. I was gonna I thought you were just saying ran it into the ground. No, they. I mean, they actually pretty successful at it, to be honest. Uh, because of their fast, low-budget style of filmmaking, they earned the nickname the Go-Go Boys. Uh, this nickname, the Go-Go Boys, I've not refer- it's not referenced anywhere else except for in the documentary that they made about themselves that came out to compete with another documentary that was already being made about Canada at the same time. <laughs> the title of the documentary is the Go-Go Boys, and that's like the first mention of them ever being called that. <laughs> <laughs> They're wheeling and dealing. <laughs> you just went to the VHS cult documentary where yeah. we're, we're presented as the smartest and greatest white men who ever lived. <laughs> Uh, he had attempted to make live-action film of the Marvel Comics hero Spider-Man as early as 1986. Spider-Man! Never materialized. And his amazing friends. Can you imagine what his Spider-Man would be like? There would have been a, uh, a Zord in it, just like the Japanese version, right? Mm-hmm. And he would have beaten the shit out of Mary Jane at one point. Well, he's going to give her a strong slap, for sure. And he'll probably cheat on her with Black Cat. If that's probably... you could. Yeah, well, I mean, if he's, I'm sure he's actually done that in the comic book, so that's good. we'll go with yeah. that. <laughs> It's a, this ain't your MCU Spider-Man. This is the real shit for big boys. Big, strong white men who love big, strong white Spider-Man hit the women. <laughs> He's going to be saving Harlem from gangsters? <laughs> Where's this? He's from Queens? Yeah. So he'll be fighting probably immigrants in Queens, right? <laughs> like Queens is notoriously still pretty white, right? Uh, I honestly don't know enough don't about, know the enough about New York. Anymore. Man, I don't know about New York. They got bodegas. Like, what? Fuck the East Coast. Corner store, you mean? <laughs> Shit, dog. Um, during his time in Canon, though, he uh, ordered his directors to have as many films as possible for Charles Bronson and Chuck Norris. Commonly, no- commonly known as the two Chucks. <laughs> I got Bronson and Norris on the phone. And that's that's kind of what they did. The 80s movie, 80s film industry was plagued with Charles Bronson and Chuck Norris action movies. And pretty much all of them were direct, um, directed and or produced by someone in the canon group. And they're all garbage. <laughs> Lone McQu- Wolf McQuaid was not a canon film, though. I guess we'll find out as we continue along this podcast journey. But I think Lone Wolf McQuaid might be stand out as Chuck Norris's best movie. 
But he does have some inspiring <laughs> words. It's Delta Force, obviously. Yeah. <laughs> Delta Force is a canon film. <laughs> uh, he does have some inspiring words for all filmmakers out there. And it's if you make an American <laughs> film with a beginning, a middle, and an end with a budget of less than $5 million, you must be an idiot to lose money. That's like the Blumhouse. Like, wait, Holy shit. <laughs> Uh, you know, Chuck, you might be right, but there are a lot of fucking idiots out there. That's the case. Well, they are because Canon did pretty well. <laughs> they made enough movie off of this one to have two sequels and then to later go on to make another ninja series called American Ninja oh, that, that had like five sequels. <laughs> <laughs> After just completing his training at a ninja school, oh, an army vet <laughs> travels to the Philippines and finds himself battling a land grabber who wants his war buddy's property. He must also fight his rival. That's in there, too. <laughs> Check it out. Uh, G.I. Joe, the Real American Hero toy line and comic book uh, was launched in 1982. This film was made in 1981. Is this where Storm Shadow and Snake Eyes came from? <laughs> I don't know. Maybe. They just kind of flipped it, right? Because yeah, Snake Storm Eyes is blonde the... blue-eyed white guy, and he's black, and wears black ninja, and then Storm Shadow is actually Japanese and comes from a long line of ninjas. Right. And they also kind of use the same storyline for, you know, the, the Batman animated series in the 90s, too. This So this movie had a pretty big impact, is what you're saying. Uh, I mean, yeah, no. Oh, I think it did. Just, like, not significant impact. I don't want to give it any credit because I really hated this fucking movie. Like, <laughs> I don't want to watch it again. I don't, I'm don't. i afraid to tell me how many times I fell asleep watching it. Oh, yeah. I've seen the first 20 minutes of this movie like four times this week. <laughs> There's a, seg- a segment about 40 minutes in when they're, they're at like outside like dollars thing, like having a little cut chat at a table. And I've seen that scene like six <laughs> times because I kept falling asleep right there. <laughs> yeah, I fell asleep uh, watching it. Uh, I think four times this week. I finally watched it all just last night. Towards the end, I was like, "What happened to uh, Hasegawa? <laughs> <laughs> Did he die after he killed that guy?" Or whatever. And then he shows up at the end, and I was like, "Oh, okay." So I'm. I can't believe this mo- movie like did anything. The, the, the Hasegawa sequence when he goes to kill. Um, I don't can't remember anybody's name besides Hasekawa, the the main ninja's friend, like that. His infiltration sequence, I, I don't. I'm, I'm like the entire time, it just feels like one one guy with a rake could take this ninja out. Well, it's also he's in all white in the fucking broad daylight. Like, how is he sneaking around? You think there he is? There he goes. He's right there. He's hiding in the shadows. Ninja! Ninja, where are you? I know you're here, Ninja! And then he just like pops up from behind a chair. So, yeah. I knew you were there, you stupid ass. It reminds me of uh, The Tick, remember? When like, um, there's that Ninja Clan, like the first or second issue of The, of the Tick comic book series. Mm-hmm. And they're just holding like trees and like, shh, we're bushes. Oh, yeah. Move on. <laughs> Get out of here. That's even in the beginning. Um, Well, first, <laughs> the opening credits were... That amazing uh, bow and arrow sound effect. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, the fucking, some of the sound effects and uh, musical cues in this movie are stupid. Yeah, and then there's the slow motion uh, kick to the face that completely whiffs the face. I mean, because it's shot in slow motion, obviously. There's only so much you can do with choreography. Uh, but that opens the film, essentially, and you're like, that, it lets you know what you're in for. <laughs> According to Manahem Golem, Manahem, Manahem Golem, it started when Chinese karate films became popular. I looked for something new in Asian martial arts and found information about the ninja culture in an encyclopedia. The ninja so. were middle class people in Japan. What? Lawyers, government clerks, etc. Huh? It was a secret organization <laughs> that helped the feudal government. It actually preceded the Chinese karate battles. They what? used very special <laughs> methods developing their sixth sense. That, was fascinated, he? <laughs> that fascinated me. And so I could write story ideas out of it. So we made Enter the Ninja and American Ninja later on. Many he did, this motherfucker, he, just, he bought a bottle of rye, he got drunk, and he's like, let me write some bullshit about ninjas real quick. Well, um, the idea for the movie is not actually his, anyways. Uh, it's the stuntman who did the stunts for Franco Nero. Uh, he was originally, the guy's name is Mike Stone. He was originally going to play the main character. Uh, he is like a karate guy. Karate He's like, ah, I'm sorry, you gotta get Django for this. I'm not a good. Well, actor. he couldn't. He couldn't act. Yeah, so they not like he Django's got replaced great. by Frank yeah. I mean, It seems like anyone could have done it. 
to be honest. But you you need someone where you can see the mustache through the ninja mask. <laughs> <laughs> Tom Selleck was the only other choice. Yeah. Uh, the film style was chosen because it was thought it would connect and cash in on the popularity of the earlier martial arts box office hit, Enter the Dragon. <laughs> it just made me think of, like, what? having <laughs> sexy time with a ninja. Come on, baby. Come over here and enter the ninja. At this point, it just reminds me of the Deantward song, Enter the Ninja. <laughs> enter the ninja. Yolandi Vissa. I need your protection. need your protection. Well, as we mentioned, it stars Franco Nero, who is Django. Django! The original white Django, before Quentin Tarantino made it cool. The original Django movie's not that bad. It's just like a dumb spaghetti western. You get the idea. That's what Franco Nero's known for, is just being a cowboy. I'm just a random guy carrying a coffin through the desert. He's just like the whitest Italian man you've seen. So they're like, (laughs) put him in films. Also, he's re- he's got some gall on him. He's got red hair. <laughs> this motherfucker's named Cole. <laughs> I know how it's spelled. <laughs> Cole is me, Cole. Blue-eyed and well-built Italian actor Franco Nero was a potato painting photographer. I think it's a potato photographer. <laughs> was a potato photographer. Was a painting photographer when he was discovered as an actor by director John Huston. He has since appeared in more than two hundred movies around the world. Working with Europe's top directors. And then they went on to list like tons of like Italian spaghetti western directors and shit. But the big one was uh, they had uh, Rainer Werner Fassbinder. Fassbinder. Who makes some, he made some pretty cool like exploitation movies. We'll probably end up watching a couple of his from the 80s. His 80s output's not that great, but you know, we're sticking to the 80s for now. Cole's supposed to have a uh, Texas accent. <laughs> Nailed it. But Frank Nero couldn't do it, so he's actually voiced over. But then the guy who voiced over him doesn't really do an accent anyways, right? No, that's not an accent. accent. No, he just <laughs> nailed sounds, it again. Sounds like an American guy. Frank Nero, Franco Nero's in the movie. He um, is a white ninja. <laughs> and he's also a white ninja. <laughs> Who's his love interest? His friend's wife. Yeah. <laughs> it's Susan George, the actress who <laughs> plays Marianne. She's a British plantation owner. In the Philippines, and she's a hero. <laughs> you know, I mean, the first time we see her, she gets molested by uh, our real hero. Yeah, <laughs> he's straight up copping a feel on there, huh? <laughs> right? Yeah, that was. I was like, whoa, jeez. She doesn't wear bras. Or she doesn't ever wear bras. <laughs> You'll never catch her in a bra. You catch her dead before she's wearing a bra. Straight dangling. I like that. That's powerful. And she's like, no bra, very low cut shirts. I dare you fuck with me. I'm British in the <laughs> Philippines. I'll kill your whole entire family. That's that real <laughs> Cole, Cole, let me tell you a couple <laughs> things about my marriage. I'm impotent and my wife is a real horn dog. <laughs> She's got big colonizer energy. Yeah, so they don't really go into the details of why um, these two white people own a plantation in the Philippines, but you can fill in the gap. <laughs> um, she does make a nightgown appearance. There's a nightgown scene in the film, but... She is low, very low on the totem pole for me <laughs> because of her weird colonial energy. And then also the the, the scene is really weird because we're peeping in through the window. <coughs> and she just walks comes in. in. She just walks in and, like, gets into bed next to Franco Nero like a husband and wife on a sitcom. <laughs> He's reading his paper. Yeah, and she's, oh, Mr. Johnson, put that paper away. Where did you get an English language paper uh, <clears throat> in Manila? Um, well, there's this concept known as colonization. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but it is like a Brady Bunch. She just like sits down next yeah, to him like, and he's like, I'll put my paper down and turn these lights off. And I'm just, uh, if you can just keep that nightgown on, I'll just hike it up a little bit. And, he's I'm like, oh, I'll poke this penis through <laughs> the hole. <laughs> yeah, it's... Uh, we also got his rival, Sho Kasugi. This is the quintessential 80s ninja. He's in, like, tons of ninja movies. He's an actual ninpo pr- practitioner. Which apparently, ninpo is the modern way of saying ninjutsu. They don't really say ninjutsu anymore. That's, like, an American thing, I think. Well, no, because uh, the schools are still, like, ninjutsu ryu. And then they'll be, like, iga ryu and stuff like that. But I will talk about the history of uh, ninja stuff in a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> um... I, I like when he's doing his little uh, showcase for uh, Mr. Parker. I think that's the dude's name. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and he's just like, hold on, I'm going to pop behind this curtain real quick and I'm going to come out with a different weapon. And then I'm going to do the same twirly move. Yep. You can't, only ninjas can do that <laughs> shit. 
Oh, very good. <laughs> like, well, he's hiding weapons behind curtains. He's crazy. <laughs> Man, you real one for that? I am going to take you back to America and we're, or to the Philippines. You're going to kill an American. Hmm? Oh, no, no. We've had a lot of problem with violence. and uh, We're very good people. Uh, don't ask any other questions. One question. I'm sure that's all you would ask. At the end of the movie, there's a part where it's like, he's taking this rivalry way too far. <laughs> <laughs> but then he does let um, Marianne go so they could just fight to the death. But it seems like he, after he got there and saw what was going on, he'd probably be like, you know... Yeah, he kills... I don't know if this is worth it. (laughs) He kills the dude's friend, right? With the special throat-cutting knife, too. (laughs) His knife is special. (laughs) Like, right in front of his wife. And then he's like, oh, you know what? I guess I'll just let this bitch go, because all I really want to do is fight the dude with a mustache. Why don't you just fight the dude with a mustache? I mean, serendipity. It just fell into his lap. He's like, you know, I could also commit crimes on the way to fight Also, I like that Mr. Parker's like, I'm going to go find a ninja. And I just happened to find the one guy... That has a beef with our mustache friend. Well, it's, there seems like there's just that one ninja school. That's it. They're the last of the ninjas. And their best ninja is a white man. <laughs> they just bring in, like, some Japanese actor. You just act like you're a ninja. It's the worst part of that, that whole sequence, too, is it's like, we're having this problem with this dude. He just keeps kicking everybody. Why don't we hire a guy with a gun? Nah, 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 nah. <laughs> You saw what happens when they try to use guns. Ninja. People, people forget they have guns. There's a part where he throws a smoke bomb and he emerges from it. Clearly visible. Two guys with guns are like, what's all this jazz? And he's just spinning around his thighs and they're transfixed and he throws them into their bellies. This, is, this all took like a minute. They can clearly see him in the smoke. Why didn't they shoot his ass? You can't because it's a fucking ninja special move. I also think the fucking little chi fight he has with Hasegawa is stupid. He's a Kujiguri. We do symbols with our fists. Yeah, if that didn't ever happen, though, then there'd be no Naruto. So you don't you feel stupid? <laughs> <laughs> uh, Shokasugi is in um, every all the sequels to this uh, ninja movie. He mm-hmm. just plays different characters. Because, you know, whatever. Yeah, just throw a different hood on him. He's good. Every ninja movie in this series, they're not interconnected anyways. They're just some random shit. So, it's, you know, just use your imagination. You got uh, Christopher George, who's, uh, he plays the ultimate villain, the Venarius, who's, like we've seen too many times in these movies he's now. In City of God? You know, or City of the Damned? He's got the goddamn cowboy TV man to exploitation movie pipeline. When will our strong white TV men stop being forced to appear in exploitation movies <laughs> 20 years later? I guess it's too late now, but someone should have put a stop to that flood, that it, the deluge of <laughs> cowboy TV men having to be in exploitation movies. If only Quentin Tarantino existed back then. <laughs> it would have saved all these poor men. Uh, yeah, his also, friend, his name is Venereal Disease. No, it's Venereus. The entire time, Venereal. <laughs> and uh, his friend is Alex Courtney. Frank, he's just some TV guy. I don't know. He's in an episode of Murder, She Wrote, so that's cool. And then finally, Zachy Noy, who's the hook guy. Um, in the credits, he's just listed as the hook. Uh, he is, is an Israeli man who is famous because of a Israeli movie called Lemon Popsicle, which is like a coming of age in the 50s in Israel having a good time kind of movie. Uh, apparently, like 40% of the Israeli population have seen this movie. So I'm guessing he's like kind of somewhat of a big deal. Seems like he would just be like one of the side characters in Greece. But I think he's in this movie just because he's like an Israeli figure of some kind. And they're like, yeah, put him in there. <laughs> Give him a hug. And then he plays a goofy German man, which is pretty good. <laughs> he looks like um a werewolf or something. <laughs> <laughs> some of his facial hair and hair combination is like it's like an Eddie Munster werewolf kind of look. <laughs> it's just something about him. He just doesn't fit in with like the the rest of the uh, the, the crew. <laughs> This guy has. Do you know what I mean? Is that we got a bunch of like white suited businessmen and one guy with a hook? Yeah, and the part where the, um Cole takes the guy's hook off and there's blood all over. What? Why? Did why that is happen? He, yeah. Why is his, Did is his rip hook is, attached? Yeah, like what? His hook was built into his arm. Do they not know how prosthetics work? Yeah, it was fucking weird. I was like, why is this happening? And he didn't seem that upset about it either. There's just all blood all over. <laughs> then he got fired, which is a real bummer. Yeah, originally we would have had Mike Stone, who was replaced by Franco Nero. Um, he had no Franco Nero had no martial arts training, so he was doubled by Mike Stone, anyways. So 
guess he's still got the paycheck. I don't know. He didn't get famous or anything. My favorite martial arts move is when he kicks the guy in the face and then he bends down and grabs his ankles and throws him for some reason. Um, some way. This man, Mike Stone, <laughs> I believe I read that for a period of like three years, he was like Lisa Marie Presley's living boyfriend. Oh. So that's pretty cool. Yeah. That's good for him. Did he teach her karate? I know the presses love karate. <laughs> Look out, man. I got a black belt right here. <laughs> that's pretty good. <laughs> I wonder. I wonder if that was part of the attraction. <laughs> <laughs> you know, my, my father knew karate. <laughs> he also was a drug enforcement officer, right? <laughs> Where are the drugs at? Roll inside of me. <laughs> uh, yeah, this movie fucking sucks. I really don't want to. I hate it. I fucking hate it. Well, I remember being a kid and I loved every all every all ninja shit. Right. We watched a lot more like Chinese martial arts movies, like the Hong Kong films. We didn't watch a yeah, lot of like American. The whole thing movies. is most of the ninja movies are American because the ninja shit was an American thing. Um, obviously, Ninja Turtles were cool. The ninjas in Mortal Kombat are cool. Yeah, but they um, also were the copied from, The ninjas in G.I. Like, Joe are cool. Those were copied from this, maybe. Yeah, but I think this is all... This movie started the whole... Like, ninja craze? Ninja shit, yeah. And so we got some good stuff out of it, but this movie wasn't any good. Um, there's a thing, too, where usually canon movies are like not very good, but they're fun. Uh, this one's not very good and boring, which is... That's the worst thing a movie can be, to be honest. You can be not very good and like fun, and you know people will still... Enjoy that movie. That's basically that's what the movies get cult followings, right? Well, this movie is just not any good, and it's boring. It's like sixty percent of the Marvel movie. <laughs> <laughs> we do the math right there. I, I'll have to I'll have to consult with Big Papa Pump for the official figures. <laughs> uh, nine hundred forty-three <laughs> percent. That's one hundred sixty-six point four four percent chance of me kicking your ass, Samoa Joe, because you're fat. Yeah, so uh, big highlights are crazy sound effects for the weapons, especially the bow and arrow. The arrow shots are crazy. They some go, weird ass musical cues. Yeah, it's uh, like, like cartoony. Some cues. someone's weird uncle like trying to do Japanese music on a Casio, <laughs> and like not even like full size like, studio Casio from the eighties, just like one of those little baby ones. Your starter Casio. He's like, don't, 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 don't. this one's got Shashini sounds. Yeah. <laughs> So the music's terrible. Um, let's uh, start the opening one. Uh, oh, it turns out it was all just a test for him to become the grandmaster, or whatever. He was still like he killed and like maimed he, some motherfuckers. He was killing like his other compatriots and stuff. That's why the show Kasugi was mad. Kasugawa. Kasugawa. He's I'm not gonna drink this guy. He just killed like twelve of us. So the master walks in with the fake head, right? That, that I can't like. When did it switch? Yeah, when did that happen? Because he <laughs> bows to him, and then uh, there is obviously a cut where it becomes the prosthetic head, and he cuts it off. <laughs> right. but and that cut, like but they, they, the they ran out. They switched out real quick. They, the two guys ran out holding the dummy, right? Yeah, and the master ran back in real quick. <laughs> yeah, because that's the cut makes sense in the nature of the film with him being decapitated. If the cut doesn't make sense with him in the nature like, of the story, reality, the reality that's being presented. <laughs> yeah, so <laughs> that's fucking dumb. These guys don't know how to make movies, huh? I like. I'm a. I'm the world's best ninja. I'm gonna infiltrate this uh, secret uh, corporation with this drunk I found off the streets. Well, I like he. He's also coming. He's running through like the to defeat his master. He's running through like the fucking. Japanese Peace Garden over here in Phoenix. You know what I mean? It <laughs> it's like clearly California or some <laughs> shit. Yeah, it doesn't look like an actual temple or anything. It's like fucking, you know, a, a tourist spot. Not a tourist spot, but just a tourist spot. In the middle of... It's a park. Yeah, it's basically a park. He's at the fucking Peace Garden. He's swimming underneath the bridge. And, and fucking all the little farty pyro. <laughs> that, the fucking farty pyro at the end. I'm like, where, when did he have time to throw all this pyro shit? shit? It's just going off in the arena, the cockfighting arena. And everybody's like, oh man, he's got magic magic ninja powder everywhere. Yeah, fucking find him, he's dangerous. You see those farty pyros he had? God damn, this man can't be stopped. My favorite scene in the movie, hands down. Is when um all the uh, oh, yeah. Filipino workers come back because they decide to leave because they're scared, um but then they decide to come back for some reason and then uh, Frank 
the loser is like, oh, fucking hell yeah, let's get a cockfight going. <laughs> fucking cockfight, cockfight, let's do it. And they just immediately start cockfighting. <laughs> I got 200 pesos on it. <laughs> that dude's crazy. He loves to drink. He loves to cockfight. He's a simple man, full of simple pleasures. Can't pleasure his wife, though. <laughs> He's impotent. Maybe a few more fights and we'll be able to get it up. Um, so why did uh, Cole go here after being trained as a ninja, you think? Supposedly um, his friend needed help. I guess. He's and then, one. why did he leave? Did he get, like, another friend that needed help? <laughs> He's always looking for another war. Didn't you see the flashback when they were in Angola? Yeah, but he was, um, he got shot and his friend saved him. He didn't seem like a tough bastard. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna go find another war. Yeah, he doesn't make any sense, Cole, doesn't. Um, he's just supposed to be a lone wandering figure, but he definitely seems like, to me the type of man that would settle down at a plantation in the Philippines <laughs> with his evil British wife. <laughs> <laughs> You'd think he'd be like, all right, everything worked out. That goddamn son of a bitch got killed. It wasn't even me that had to do it. Now you get to bang his hot wife. <laughs> and I got I all I look super land. cool because I sort of got revenge for him, too. Yeah, I actually think I'm a great guy now. <laughs> yeah, she thinks I'm great, too. This facade will never fall. In the very end, too, there's a little gag. Oh, ninjas only eliminate people. And then there's the hook guy again. He's like, well, I might make an exception. Wink to the camera. Damn. <laughs> that fucking final title card, though, that's fucking, that's so good. <laughs> Don't wanna, give this movie credit anywhere, period. Of him winking, it says, an American ninja, or into the ninja, fucking. An American ninja. <laughs> Whatever, it's the same shit, these sons of bitches. <laughs> American ninja didn't have a mustache. He was clean shaven. Yeah, he was like young. Blue too. hair, blue, blue hair, blue eyes, <laughs> blonde hair. Blue hair. Blonde eyes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he was also like younger, he wasn't like, um, Frank O'Neill was like 50 in this he's movie. He's got a middle-aged dad. That's the thing is like, Frank O'Neill's, um, like, After yeah, he's done here, he's gonna go work out in the garage and drink a couple <laughs> brewskis. Well, I like when he's doing nunchucks on their front lawn when he first arrives. <laughs> he looks, oh man, that's, he looks so hard. That's a real <laughs> tough guy right there. Uh, and he's gonna go into town. He's like got that skinny fat body going. Um, that's the thing about Franco Nero though is like he is like um a handsome dude. He's a pretty good actor, but there's a reason why he's only ever been cast as like stoic cowboys and like gangsters and shit. And they're like, ah, he could probably play a ninja, right? He could like run around and jump and do all this athletic shit. Right? <laughs> <laughs> nope. <laughs> See him running in the beginning when they have to do, like, relatively close-ups so you know he's in the suit. And he's just, like, shuffling real bad, <laughs> trying not to trip over rocks and shit. <laughs> so bad. It's cool that they actually filmed on location in the Philippines, though. I'll give him that. I'm sure there was probably for, like, budgetary reasons. Like, <laughs> I have a feeling that's not what's written in the script. It's just, like, anywhere where this could be. Oh, Philippines is cheap. Let's go there. <laughs> Well, you notice they didn't film any on location in Japan, right? Yeah, they did, man. That was Japan. Like, <laughs> you see that shit? They had a bridge. It looks like a Japan bridge. <laughs> no, that was actually Pasadena or something <laughs> like that. Yeah. All the sequels will be filmed completely in America, though. Wow. So, Some backlot. <laughs> this is the only international... Um, well, maybe, do the next ones take place in America? I don't remember. I don't remember. Does American Ninja take place in America? I don't remember that either. I'm, I'm assuming part of it does. America's in the title. Um. So, what did this movie get right about ninjas, you think? Uh, they come from Japan. Yep. <laughs> it has something to do with Japan, I guess. The problem is, though, um, no one really knows shit about ninjas. Yeah, because they're like a secret society. But also might actually have to do more... With their class. And uh, Monotin Golem may have accidentally gotten it right. Not when he said they were like lawyers. Lawyers and shit. shit. <laughs> <laughs> when he said they were lower class. that's uh, He was probably right about that. So let's delve into it. In the unrest of the Sengoku period, mercenaries and spies were hired, became active in Iga province. And in the adjacent area around the village of Koga. It is from the area's clans that much of the knowledge of the ninja is drawn. Following the unification of Japan under the Tokugawa shogunate in the 17th century, <gasps> the ninja faded into obscurity. <gasps> a number of shinobi manuals, often based on Chinese military philosophy, were written in the 17th and 18th centuries, most notably the Bansen, Shou- the Bansen Shukai. By the time of the Meiji, Meiji Restoration, 1868, shinobi had become a topic of popular imagination and mystery in Japan. Also, my favorite video game. Shinobi? 
So no, not really. <laughs> Ninjas figure prominently in legends and folklore where they're associated with legendary abilities such as invisibility, walking on water, and control over the natural elements. They say it in this movie. Yeah, he's got the uh, Kujikiri. As a consequence, their perception of popular culture is based much more on such legend and folklore than on the spies of the Shengoku period. Despite many popular folktales, mm-hmm, historical accounts of the ninja are scarce. Historian Stephen Turnbull asserts that the ninja were mostly recruited from the lower classes, and therefore little literary, little literary interest was taken in them. Oh, you don't say. <laughs> The social origin of the ninja is seen as the reason they agree to operate in secret, trading their service for money without honor and glory. Scarcity of historical accounts is also demonstrated in war epics such as the tale of Hogan, Hogan Managatori, and the tale of the Haiki, which focus mainly on the aristocratic samurai, whose deeds were apparently more appealing to the audience. Everyone likes cool samurai, not sneaky ninjas. <laughs> well, I mean, it's just like... Uh... Uh, European history, right? You have a bunch of stories about knights. That's all the fucking knights and shit. Right? You don't have a lot about some poor schlubby men in arm. Yeah. Some poor peasant that just got drug into it. If you read, like, the uh, accounts of the knights and stuff, too, it's like, man, these guys were shitty. They were, like, venture capitalists. Yeah, that's exactly what they were. It's fucking lame. Uh, the chivalry? Yeah, nah, fuck that. It's, let me get that money. <laughs> I'm trying to be a court so I get that money. Whisper in the ears. Doing little deals. Trying to be friends with the the... the the younger prince get the older prince killed. Crazy shit. Game of Thrones, pretty realistic. <laughs> <laughs> Except for like the dragons. <laughs> way less interesting. <laughs> I mean, the reality is way less interesting, obviously. Oh, yeah. Because <laughs> everyone's machinations and motivations were legitimately just fucking money. <laughs> and it's like so mundane. It's like, oh, I just need like an extra couple bucks this month. <laughs> well, it's like it's not, not even, even like oh, I'm gonna conspire to be the king and we're gonna conquer the world. It's like ah, I would really like a new cape. Or like they're like, I need to get my ransom numbers. Yeah, up. what the fuck? I need to make sure if I get caught <laughs> ransom. Yeah, up. it's like cops and they're fucking. <laughs> yeah, I need um, to make sure that I'm worth more than this other guy. <laughs> You're fucking weird. Uh, historian Kayoshi Watatani Watatani states that the ninja were trained by to be particularly secretive about their actions and existence. Uh, maybe that's why there's not too much historical account. Just like the CIA, except not really. <laughs> we know all about those bastards. Prescott Bush. Uh, so, ninjutsu. Ninjutsu techniques are skills of shinobi no jitsu and shinobi jitsu, which have the aims of ensuring that one's opponent does not know of one's existence and for which there was special training. So, basically, the whole thing is... Um, first of all, it's weird... In Enter the Ninja and other ninja shit where, like, they're, like, hella good at, like, karate and all this shit. Because in reality, what they do is they were spies mostly. Yeah. And the few assassination historical records I could find of attempted ninja assassins, they usually failed pretty badly. And it was, like, shit, like, hiding under their floorboards and trying to stab a spear into the daimyo through the floor. So they weren't, like... Going through the whole town, the, like the whole fucking estate, fighting off all his guards and shit. I mean, know? honestly, if you, even if you could do that, it still is a pretty shitty way to assassinate one yeah, dude. <laughs> yeah, and then the other one was like, the guy had two guns and he, he rode up to him and shot him twice, but he lived. He didn't get away, though. <laughs> oh, the, the Teddy, Ro- Teddy Roosevelt style assassination, yeah. huh? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> there was one guy, though, that failed the assassination attempt, but he had... um. Uh, creatively dug a hole beforehand that he just like dropped into and hid. And they, didn't, <laughs> they didn't catch him. Yeah, so um, they're not out here fighting to the death in cockfight arena with spears and shit. They just you know sneak up on you and kill you. I mean, theoretically, they're probably in pretty good shape and stuff, but they weren't doing karate, karate. kicks and shit. <laughs> Especially in the in the beginning, the beginning of the film is the where they showcase the most ninja action, right? Because there's so many ninjas and stuff, and they're just like casually sliding down tree trunks. <laughs> and he's in all white, and he's hiding in some bushes. <laughs> Tell me they couldn't see him. <coughs> Let's just like I don't think it works if it's not nighttime either. <laughs> yeah, you're honestly you're way less conspicuous just in normal clothes during yeah. the day. Well, in your ninja is, pajamas. Uh, ninjas presumably used a lot more disguises than they did <laughs> like ninja pajamas. Um, so while there is an international martial arts organization representing several modern styles of ninjutsu, the historical lineage of these styles is disputed. 
Some schools claim to be the only legitimate heir of the art, but ninjutsu is not centralized like modernized martial arts such as judo or karate. Iga Ryu claims to be the oldest recorded form of ninjutsu and claims to have survived past the 16th century, which would make sense because it's from the Iga province, but they have no way to prove that it's a continuation of whatever was going on in the Iga province back then. So that's crazy. Like Japan has a way better uh, a record keeping system. They have no way to, to uh yeah, that's why it's kind of like weird. Like the, the, what it is is um fortunately it doesn't seem like there's a way to learn ninjutsu um because it seems like ninjutsu may have never actually been anything. Yeah, it seems like it was just like, "Hey, we're going to hire some guys to be spies and maybe assassins and train them Mm-hmm. to do that but you don't really need to know hand-to-hand combat for that yeah, shit guys. and then i think it got mixed up with the, in the folklore and stuff and so now people are trying to like work backwards to create ninjutsu when really it was as the historian guy said um they just hired people that were willing to like do shit for him i mean you yeah you would probably just wear a disguise jump out of the bushes and get someone and then you get some money and go back to living your normal life then you don't have to deal with all the fucking uh Fucking daimyo shogunate shit, right? I don't know. To me, I don't. I, don't, I just it's a little bit disappointing. But I, I, <laughs> my opinion coming out of it and reading more about ninjutsu is that uh, ninjas might have been real, but they're not what you think they are. Yeah, well, I mean, the other thing too is like ninjas might not have been real, right? But there's still like crazy assassins in Japan. They had like samurai that were assassins. I mean, anyone can be an assassin, though. Yeah, you know, know what I mean? I'm just talking about, like... But, <laughs> I guess if we're gonna pretend that ninjas are real, let's talk about the Kujikuri, which are the nine ninjas' nine levels of power. That's what they say in fucking uh, Enter the Ninja. Apparently, Kujikuri is just, like, the supposed, like, hand signals that ninjas knew that would allow them to do powers, which is kind of what they do in the movie, but the way they quantified them into, like, the nine levels of power shit... Uh, that doesn't seem to equate to like any actual like ninpo stuff. But what are they, huh? You remember? You remember all nine of them? <laughs> all nine of these bullshits? <laughs> Fuck no. Number one is Rin, strength of mind and body, which that's like anyone who works out, right? Maybe, my, uh, but mind? <laughs> yeah, I mean, you think about a lot of stuff while you lift weights. <laughs> and there's the, that uh, great essay that Henry Rollins wrote forever ago The Iron Never Lies. <laughs> it's all about lifting weights. <laughs> the philosophy of lifting weights. You know, I, honestly, I like Henry Rollins, but he's uh, he's not your average uh, weightlifter. No, I think that essay, particularly in last few years, has uh, got, found its way to work into weightlifting a little bit more, which I think it might be better, more beneficial to the, like, the philosophical mindset. Not that yeah, like the two things are really linked that much anyways, but for me, someone who does like to lift weights and shit, and then also... Likes to think about why I do things. <laughs> I think it's pretty cool. So, yeah. Uh, Rin is basically Harry Rollins' essay, The Iron Nevertheless. Let's keep that in mind. Uh, two is Kyo. Direction of energy. That's like farting. <laughs> Burping. Farting. Farting. Um, or I guess the fucking Reiki, right? Like, f- laying of hands and shit like that. You know, it's not real. <laughs> Uh, toe is harmony with the universe, which is a uh, the universe is an asshole. It's like a like a real like foo foo fugazi kind of concept. That's but, uh, uh, uh that one of the that is mindfulness is what they're talking about. Right there. Yeah, but I mean, like everyone should strive for harmony with the, uh, the universe, whatever that means to you. I guess you know, like whatever makes you feel harmonious. I don't know if like the collective unconsciousness is real, <laughs> but it does seem like there's interconnectivity universally. I don't know how you focus that into a ninja power. So good luck. <laughs> Force, Shaw, the healing of self and others. Maybe that's more like Reiki. I don't know. Uh, Kai is five. Premonition of danger. Spider sense. Or just paying attention. Like like I said, you could see the ninja coming. <laughs> You're like, hey, th- look, who's this creeping around? <laughs> who's this coming up the street? You know what it is. <laughs> and also, like, hey, you know, let's, uh, let's not karate fight this guy. Let's just shoot him. <laughs> Jin. Number six, knowing the thoughts of others. Only like really powerful dudes like L. Ron Hubbard <laughs> and Tom Cruise. Yeah, I was gonna go with Tom Cruise because he's still alive and I can make fun of him. <laughs> L. Ron Hubbard's still alive. He's just jetting around space. No, he didn't. They say they froze him or some shit. I don't remember what the story is with yeah, that. Whatever. Seven, Retsu, 
Mastery of Time and Space. <laughs> you become Doctor Who at the end of this. Or Doctor Manhattan. No, because he does more than just time and space, so it feels like. He'd I mean, like, he's hanging out with his blue dong all over the place. <clears throat> yeah, that reminds me of Cole. He'd be like, it's 1981. I'm balls deep in my friend's wife. Now it's 2004. I'm on Mars. <laughs> I'm balls deep in some Mars rocks. Now it's 1992. <laughs> I'm balls deep in Bill Clinton. Whatever, you get the picture. <laughs> Eight is Zai. Control of the elements of nature. That's also like an L. Ron like, Hubbard power. Can I be honest? Like, seven sounds way more powerful than eight. Like, Master it's, of time it's flip and space. them around. I've, I already have Mastery of Time and Space. Watch. I'll sit here in space and time will pass. Well, magnificent. Uh, yeah, I mastered <laughs> it. <laughs> no one can tell me I didn't. What else am I... How what else, else is there to really? master <laughs> Finally is nine. Zen. Enlightenment. That's what, like that's when you get to become God of what your own that, I mean, Honestly, after steps one through eight, what does nine even fucking mean well, yeah, at this point? All of them are like superhero shit, and then nine's like, oh, I've heard about Zen, um, enlightenment, which is just like a mindfulness philosophy. <laughs> all right, you can do all this straight stuff. You're good, right? Like it'd be interesting if Superman was a real person and be like, hey, <laughs> since you embody most of these characteristics, could you rearrange them into like levels of importance? <laughs> <laughs> He'd be like, fucking, oh, def- Enlightenment is definitely at the bottom. <laughs> Harmony of the Universe, that's off the list. Yeah, because that's like the shitty cool thing about Superman, as boring as he is, right? Is It's like, oh, he's a powerful immigrant. He's different from us. He'll never fit in, but he has the... In, not he's even like in vibes, like all the, th- like the, all the qualities we're supposed to... Yeah, uh, humanity. Yeah. yeah. And that's why there'll never be a good Superman movie, because someone just wants to make him stupid. He is, get it, he's like, Jesus. Uh, no, he's not. I don't think that's fair. That's what, um, what's the dude? You know the deuce. Batman vs. Superman. Oh, yeah, Zack Snyder said yeah. that shit. <laughs> oh, well, yeah, there's so much Jesus. And, like, oh, man, like, the, uh, Quentin Tarantino doesn't understand uh, Superman either, If because if, you've seen Kill Bill Volume 2, I'm sure. Yeah, right? that's such a good monologue, though. <laughs> it is a good monologue, but it's completely wrong. <laughs> yeah, because Superman isn't who he actually is. You know, he is, thinks yeah. he's Clark Kent. Yeah. Which of these uh, ninja superpowers do you think you have already? I got premonition of danger. <laughs> Riddled with anxiety. <laughs> yeah, that's... I was, all right, Rin, strength of mind and body. Nope. I feel good. It feels I good. mean, like, I feel like I'm reasonably, like, I'm reasonably strong physically, but I don't know about the mind part. I've, I'm i going to um just take the... Just dip my foot into extreme... um. Confidence and delusions of grandeur, which might, might just be from my, my mental illness being bipolar and shit. But I'm going to say I do have strength of mind because it's just fucking marching to the beat of my own drum. <laughs> um, direction of energy. I can't do that one. I mean, I, that one, I don't know what that You know, means. I, I I can direct a mad stream of pests and it's pretty warm. Heat is energy. Yeah, that's you true. Know, so I got that one. I got two. Or if like, um, if I have kidney stones. <laughs> and I blast one out. That's like direction of energy. Harmony with the universe. I'm in it. I'm in the universe. Are you in harmony with it? No, I'm like direct conflict with the I really time. feel like I'm in great discord with the universe. Hmm. I guess I'll have to work on that one. What about healing of self and others? Uh, man, my no, back I don't know how that works. is fucked up. <laughs> <laughs> I don't... Premonition of danger. Yeah. The I mean, I guess, again, if you consider extreme anxiety and... And that's potential paranoia, maybe. Yeah, that's spider sense. That's all Spider Man's doing. Because he gets it from the spiders, right? You know, spiders are just out there running around like, oh, fuck, 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 what the fuck, fuck. And that's what Spider Man's got, too. So there you go. Uh, Jin knowing the thoughts of others. Yep. <laughs> Fucking reading minds and shit. I don't even think I know my own thoughts sometimes. Retsu, I already displayed mastery of time and space. <laughs> don't come at me with that now shit. Now do it, do it backwards. Make time pass. No, make time wait. While you pass. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> Zai, control the elements of nature. I guess humanity as a whole? No, because... Nah, nature's about to guess. fuck us. Yeah, never mind. We thought we did it for a minute. Oh, you oh, you fought Earthlings? And then Enlightenment. I don't think anyone's enlightened. Uh, Except for maybe Charles Manson. <laughs> That's the thing is... I was uh, trying to think of a funny person, but then Charles Manson completely think, drove anybody out. Better than Charles Manson for that. That's the thing, though, is um, there is an element of Charles Manson that I find interesting is 
uh, he developed his own philosophy about things that uh, made some conclusions that I agree with, and he did it without really being getting to be a part of normal society at all because he was incarcerated for so long. So it's interesting to think about to be truly enlightened about the human experience. Maybe you wouldn't need to be someone from outside of the experience. Like Superman. <laughs> right? I don't know. So, yeah, I don't know if enlightenment's possible when you're, like, trapped in the confines of um, life. <laughs> Social indoctrination. Not that it's always bad, but, you know, it's... I don't know. How can you get an outside perspective on shit that has been ingrained into you for the entirety of your life? Only Superman knows. <coughs> Except for he was radicalized by those damn farmers. <laughs> Mom and Pa Kent. Mm-hmm. The farmers are up to no good again. First they woke me up early, and now they turned into the radical communist Superman. <laughs> Teaching them to look out for people. Think of others first. Son of a bitch. Goddamn communist. Damn communist propaganda. Son of a bitch. Why couldn't he pull himself up by the bootstraps like Batman? <laughs> Start beating up drug dealers. Um, next week is St. Patrick's Day. Technically. So going outside the 80s. Technically, the episode would be coming out the day after St. Patrick's Day, but we're going to put it up on the 17th. It's going to be f- just chock full of Irish rebel music. Well, I was like, I was like, let's cheat and watch just kind of like whatever Irish movie, like an Irish movie that I know I like or we both like. And I was like, should we watch Black 47? And I was like, no, nah, I don't know if I want to watch like... You want to watch a happier movie for Yeah, I, mean, I don't know if we just want to watch some... Yeah, everyone knows about the Troubles, man. You fucking see shit on the internet about it all the time. It's always just jokes and fuck the English and shit like that. So what if you just watch like a fun Irish movie? <laughs> People are having fun. So we're gonna watch Waking Ned Divine, which we still cheated. It's not from the eighties. It's from like the late nineties, but it's a funny movie. It's a good time. It's got old Irish people and they're doing old Irish people shit. Like, oh no, are you sick here? Have some flat seven up. Yeah, so it's gonna be a banger. Check it out. Uh, there probably will be like Irish rebel music to open and close the show. But, oh, know. we can just play the pokes. <laughs> play something fun for the kids. Or we just play Irish drinking songs. Mm-hmm. That's all. It's all kind of one. It's basically the same, the same thing. This is what Irish songs are about. Fuck the English. Troubles are bad. Drinking's good. Sometimes Christmas. Um, uh, beautiful women. <laughs> Those proud Irish Republicans. Since we're talking about Ireland, I'm going to say some inflammatory James Joyce shit. The only thing he wrote that I like is the Dubliners. Go fuck yourself. You don't love Finnegan's Wake? No. Dense, symbolist tomb. Tome. Yeah, I mean, it's like just intentionally dense and hard to read. And I don't know. It just seems like a sweaty labored attempt. That's my thing about Finnegan's Wake. I have read it. I won't say that I completely understand it. I don't know if you can. But my thing about it is... Had he wrote Finnegan's Wake from, like, a place of, like, madness or drug-induced hysteria or, you know, one of these, like, limited experience-pushing sort of Something places. true to the soul. Yeah, rather than just, like, what if I make the most intellectually weird book ever and I just pat myself on the back? <laughs> <laughs> that's like... That's that like Crispin Glover impersonation. <laughs> yeah, that's like the... Like a stuffy... I don't know. It, that, I've, that sort of shit is, like... I don't know, James Joyce. That sounds like some English shit to me. <laughs> I don't know. I guess we'll talk about it more next week on a very Irish episode of VHS Cult. It's going to be the most Irish pride you've ever seen. We're going to talk mad shit about the Brits. We do that on one episode. I don't like them. What's the deal with them? Why are they so boring? Oh, do you want me to read a review from Lone Wolf McQuaid? I got one, but I, didn't, I forgot about it until right now. Let's save it for next week because Lone Wolf McQuaid is a proud Irishman. <laughs> or Scottish. Who knows? <laughs> it is Mick, not Mac. That doesn't necessarily mean Yeah, Mick. that just depends on where you where they changed your name at. Yeah, that's right, you fucking English. You've been at it for years changing names, you son of a bitch. Oh, whatever. Fucking next week. Waking the Divine, Irish stuff. This week, it's over. Done. It's all about next week now, but before that, in between now and next week, go to VHSCalls.com, follow us on Twitter, make your own list of your favorite nightgowns you've seen in movies, you know, whatever makes you feel good, you get to harmony with the universe, whatever it takes, um, I mean, maybe not whatever it takes, but, um, happiness is a warm gun. <laughs> yeah. What does that mean? Is that a suicide thing? It seems like it, doesn't it? Yeah. Mine would just be like... 
Happiness is my girl's warm butt. <laughs> I like that song. I don't know. I'm making fun of it. Whatever. Yeah, I it's like the Beatles a lot. Make fun of everything. Fuck make it. fun of everything. It's all garbage. The only thing that's good is your girl's warm butt. VHScult.com slash give money to Kyle's warm butt funds. I can make that website if you'd like. <laughs> Got all the domains. <laughs> Well, I mean, I, I I own all the slashes after it, so I mean, like, it's, yeah. I just create oh, a subpage. Yeah. <laughs> VHSCult.com slash Big Booty Lovers. <laughs>